Hey, and thanks for tuning into German Chocolate, Life of a Mixed Girl. Today is part two of the VO Corner, and no, I do not have a voiceover person or voice actor here, but part of the journey. <laughs> so I have Maggie from Brooklyn in the house. Say hi, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. <laughs> I didn't expect <laughs> anything else. So why Maggie? Maggie is here today because she is part of the improv class I'm taking at the Borrow Group in New York. We're taking it online. It's an online class. I mean, we're still in the pandemic, so I'm glad there are ways like this to connect. And we were kind of vibing like this coolness level i would say so i said you you know what maggie do you want to be on this podcast let's figure out your journey and talk through where you're at so hi welcome i'm glad to be here i'm excited yeah so we're talking about improv and we're almost done technically we would already be done with our six-week course but we have a makeup class next week is like these three hour classes i don't have in the calendar so just be on the lookout because i don't have it either in the calendar i don't even have the calendar i just hope to remember and then join <laughs> yeah we missed you definitely yesterday but you weren't the only one we were a, a smaller class uh yesterday so but hope to see you next sunday when we're like i don't know what they do when's the last class do we graduate in the improv kind of style <laughs> Now, probably, I don't know, the sad thing about being an adult is you don't have these, like, uh, you know, how do I explain it? When you're a kid and, you know, you finish something, it's like this big thing, like, oh, you made it through, you learned something, now it's on to the next step. But as an adult, it's kind of like, all right, course is over, bye. It really is. I just took um, uh, together with this one. It was like a two week intensive voice acting class for like character acting. And it was the same. They're like, all right, you guys are prepared. All right, maybe next class sometime for another course. Bye. Plop, yeah. Popped out. And when stage manager was left and we're like, hey, I guess that's it. Like, I, I do miss that. That little glamorous, a little bit of pat, you know, <laughs> shoulder. Did it, yeah. <laughs> So, I had asked you in advance, because we don't really get to talk a lot during improv, um, we did, we were asked, like, what, you know, our reason for being an improv is, and there are some people uh, that go in, they say, hey, I just want to be able to speak more freely, I, I heard improv is really good for that, and some of us are actors, want to be actors, and that's just one of those things you hear all the time. <laughs> improv is something you should have in your toolkit. So I asked you and you're like, well, there's a ton of things you want to do in your life. You want to act, write, produce, direct. So first question first, why now? Uh, well, <laughs> I've always uh, had an appreciation for storytelling. Um, more so in the abstract sense than the literal sense of telling a story. Um, that's kind of why I liked music so much, because with music, you're kind of telling a story indirectly um, with, you know, sounds and the way you utilize sound. Um, but growing up, <clears throat> when I was a, a kid, I, um, a lot of people, they uh, actually suggested to my parents 
to put me in some sort of like acting class or singing class or something because they were like oh you know they could have uh, some people they uh, were talking about how they could see me as an actor as a singer or something like that where well, you were like a wild child so not like you were shy and then they were like let me <laughs> like somehow <laughs> yeah. I was I was an extra kid oh my god I was uh, the exact version of a theater kid but tiny um, oh, I can see it. We need some home video footage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have this one picture of me. Um, I'm like, I don't know what I was doing, but I was in a cowboy outfit and I'm just posed like this with like sunglasses. That's essentially like the epitome of how I was as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, a star was born. Yeah, it's funny because we did talk about this a little bit, how our, both our background uh, is is in singing. And it is, I know you're like, doing acting, but in voice acting, but, oh, there's some things you can take and there are some things, but it's not exactly the same, <laughs> especially if you think about, I mean, that even shows you with people that maybe stutter when they talk, but then they can sing really like clear it's the same in singing you can express emotions and do different sounds and it's so different and then you're trying to act it out and you're like i'm gonna act and you're like well no it's not supposed to feel like acting it's supposed to be real but what is real <laughs> so it's it, it's not as helpful or have you have you uh what was your experience going from um you know singing to all right now i'm gonna act like her no, uh, uh funny actually because originally um I, I went to performing arts schools, so middle school to high school. I, I went to school for opera. Um, so I uh, auditioned for both the drama department and the singing department. And in my middle school, they give you grades based on your performance. So my uh, sing the vocal performance, I think I got like a 90 something. And then my drama performance, I got a 40. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> did you not actually? I'm gonna be really honest. I did not prepare myself well for that audition, but <laughs> but when I got those uh, like uh, scores back, and you know, I saw 40 versus a 90 something, I was like, okay, maybe I'm probably a, li a little bit, you know, more of this than that. Uh, <laughs> It's something it just comes out that it's more but you learn as you like get older and try out things just because the one thing isn't as prominent. It's way harder to just act in your free time like what are you acting out not so much but there's music on the radio you have stuff in your head you just start humming so you're more inclined technically to to be singing so it's interesting because I I did at first some theater in school too and I was always like ah. Uh, uh, learning all the lines and then here going there and it's like long and then I was always scared to forget my lines so I didn't do it so singing really became the thing and and I remember in school to high school it was um they're like all right you're gonna have to really figure out what you want to do with your life and I really was like well the thing I always do is like entertain I love to sing I love mm -hmm. being on stage and doing all these things but okay I'm gonna have to be a grown-up and it was just never anything where I was like, well, this is something legit I could do. There's a million people that want to do it. So you get so discouraged. And I kept on taking uh, singing classes and stuff, but not until a few years ago when I auditioned at a community theater in Germany uh, to be part of that like ensemble the first year. I was like, 
cool there there is something there but i mean i was still scared i mean i think i told you guys in class they were like well don't worry if you forget a line and the during the two and a half hours we're on stage just improv or if you forget somebody else will improv but you also have to stay in character so even if you, you can't have like a blank stare and go do you remember your lines yeah <laughs> yeah no, that's why I said, like stage acting. I mean, it's it was a really cool experience. The cast was like amazing for the three years that I was uh, there, um. But I almost pooped my pants every single time before. I get so nervous. Like the hour before, I was like, ah, and then I'm rushing through. I just have a head rush, and then we're done. And then we take shots, and then I change. And I'm like, <laughs> so. We, um, cause during improv, we did a scene together and I was like pretending to be an actress stressed out about something. It was actually ridiculous. I don't know. I was acting like I couldn't remember what my scene was or something. And you brought up how I drank like five shots of, uh, oh my God, I took five shots of fireball. True. And, yeah. And I was like, okay, so I understand now that's from personal experience is what you're coming from. <laughs> Yeah, just not before. Actually, it's so funny. At one of our classes um, during the day, I'm a very, very lightweight drinker. I don't really drink alcohol. I don't really like the taste of it. Um, so especially shots, but I'll have like a drink. So I had a, during the day, a Moscow Mule. <laughs> one hours before our improv class, but I was feeling so good. So we get it to class, I was like, oh, and I was like, oh man, I am still tipsy. Three hours later, this is gonna be an interesting <laughs> class. <laughs> so no. I was um, out, where was I? I don't know, but I was out um, at some point and you know, me and my friend, she was like, oh, we should you know, take some shots, have fun. And I'm not really much of a drinker. I don't like the taste of it or anything. But that night I was like, yeah, whatever. It was really dark and dim in the place. So um, as we we're taking the shots, I was just like, I don't feel anything. I, you know, I felt really normal during the whole time. What I felt normal the whole time. And then at some point when we left, we go to go down the stairs. Mm -hmm. It'll hit you. <laughs> God, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I did not realize it was like this. That's why I call shots, and not immediately, but then you feel confident. You're like, that wasn't bad. I'm not feeling anything, and it does take a little bit to kick in. <laughs> you got to experience it to know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cool. So, well, so we're taking this improv club almost over. What's next? Do you have any other classes you're either taking while uh, you're doing this or afterwards you're planning to take? So I, uh, I, <laughs> I um, want to try and see if I could make a short film. Not at first, not with me in it. I want to be able to understand the behind the scenes before I do something like make something for me to star in. Uh, I've tried to audition for things on my own, but uh, I've been having a lot of difficulties with that. For one is that I don't have an agent or a manager or anything. I'm kind of just trying to grasp for any kind of real so I could, you know, move on to the step of finding an agent and a manager and those things. Um, yeah. I'm also, you know, I'm working a minimum wage job. I'm in college right now. Uh, so I'm kind of trying to manage the time between like practicing to do 
the things I want while also trying to get my degree because I want to have that backup for, you know, in case anything doesn't work out. Because obviously, oh, smart. Yeah, super smart. Especially, you know, might as well hustle now. You know, it's just you and, you know, that's your dream uh, mm -hmm. making it happen. Uh, and I don't know if any, if you can or anybody here in the background just happens to be during this podcast that the landscapers are out in the community. So if you do hear <laughs> something in the background, that unfortunately, is oh, leaf blowers. They're having a motorcycle race right outside. So you're good. <laughs> okay, we're good then. But just if somebody thought, you know, maybe, you know, like the hearing device or something is acting up or the speakers. No, it's it's here just in case just but it's cool so you have a plan like you're you know you're working you're going to school and I like that you say you want to do the behind the scenes because a lot of times that really does help to understand it I also like even in my professional life when um when I work with other departments uh to really see okay what is your process how do you do it i like to understand and then it it, it clicks so that is it's very smart because you're saying you're trying to get internships and uh, i know that i mean competition is fierce but that should definitely never stop anyone from trying i mean just the amount of even on like social media you hear from actors and, and entertainers that made it they're just like, it can take forever, maybe, but if that's what you really want, you just you gotta, go. gotta go with it. Don't give right. up. Every like little step is uh, definitely one forward. And uh, I can just say even for myself in this uh, voice acting, it's, it's um, the good thing is you can find work, you know, without an agency, you don't have the, the same problem as some um, beginner actors, you can find work but you definitely have to do a lot of cold calling too and a lot of work to you know get yourself out there and maybe also <laughs> minimize the amount of people you're competing with especially at the mm -hmm. beginning like the mic might not be perfect some of the audio engineering obviously the acting skills they you know with years get better so mm -hmm. definitely classes and coaching connecting with people and trying is like is, right. is awesome there i love like the acting a lot of people don't really like the platform but i do actually like the platform backstage uh, i know oh, it's more for regular I, actors i uh i haven't used it for uh voice acting um but you know for me one huge problem that i i deal with all the time is that they keep trying to i the only things i ever get replies for are for like um trophy wife character or uh bitsy characters and it's not necessarily like there's something wrong with that but you see they'll send a script and i'll read it and i'm like this is so horrible i don't ever want to do this like this is <laughs> like, this well at least you know people are asking that's a good thing so that's like a type people always expect you to be a type that's just yeah. always gonna be there uh, i used to always fight with that i'm like friendly and this and i smile a lot and i talk to people and then they think i might not be smart and i might not be able to be serious but i can be both <laughs> so. the work i ever had was someone i uh wanted to audition for uh the, a side character she was the description I felt was similar to me, like she was, um, oh my God, she was witty. She was very, she was very anxious kind of character. And I find myself to be really good at playing anxiety. 
So uh, I went to, I applied to play her. Um, on backstage, my picture, you have a full body shot of me. And the person reached back out to me and they were like, actually, I want you to play this character. And the title description was Busty Girl. Oh, come on. Are we still doing that? Oh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. It's like these are characters that don't even have a name. What do you think? <laughs> has no substance to it. So I'm kind of more at the point where I want to. I want to meet people and try to be in more, have more control over the kind of production I want to be involved in mm -hmm. because I can sense what I can be good at. I can sense what characters would suit me and what I think my strengths are and what I think I need to improve upon. Um, so, but the, you know, the problem is that to make something like a short film, you need a team and, and during the pandemic, it's just really hard to network with people. You know, you take these classes, you go there and you try to um, connect with people. You want to reach out to them. But at some point, it just kind of dies down after you take the courses with them and they just move on to the next thing. Yeah. You know, if this was in the case of like, uh, I don't know, like if you're in a conservatory together or something and you're in person and you've done productions together before, that it's easier to keep in touch with them that way. But when it comes yeah. to like just doing an online class, you're there for like two weeks and then it's like, okay, bye. It's a little yeah, harder. Same. If you don't connect to people and actually like talk and engage, and then even then it's hard, like sitting next to someone and really even into like not talking at all, you get the body language, the vibe, the before class, mm -hmm. after class, it definitely, right. definitely is different. So are you saying you are... Uh, working uh, with some of these um, college projects because that's like the one thing that definitely is cool they're always when it should be coming up a lot of the capstone projects for people that are um, in film schools and stuff and uh, they're always looking for help too so and you're in the perfect spot in New York to probably find some of these people I'm actually a business major I'm not a film major or anything uh, I was originally a journalist major and I do still do I still do journalistic writing? I run the newspaper at my school, um, but I uh, I chose business mainly because for uh, when I'm applying to jobs that don't have anything to do with film or arts or anything, it's a good major. Like it's mm -hmm. a good major for like those jobs. It applies to a lot of different things, and it even applies to doing productions and being involved in art because you know you want to make money off your art you need to know how to do business so 100 percent, i agree like business and marketing and and project management like all these things that i have on my professional resume they're so helpful i i organize everything how my like audition tracking project tracking and my when i cold call like my list and roster and my in, like income and expenses and everything's there so you know all that accounting stuff and they have all this stuff in here <laughs> so to know the business side is super super helpful it's always smart to uh be involved there because everything else what you're passionate about a lot of times you can you can learn uh without having the actual uh, degree too because you're just really passionate to make that step no one's passionate about business so that's smart to be forced to take those <laughs> classes 
honest, business, it's not like, um, it's not crazy difficult. It's just kind of boring sometimes is all. But it's it's still good information, though. It's still a good process to go through. So that if I, once I am able to be involved in producing something or being involved in a production of any sort, you know, I can be able to understand payroll. I can be able to mm-hmm. understand budgeting, which is extremely important because we're not trying to go in debt over here uh <laughs> no and really knowing oh. you don't have to work this, a minimum wage job anymore while trying to uh achieve like your your dream is super helpful like i can't even imagine if i would have to work two three jobs to like support my family while doing this it would definitely be even harder than it uh, than it already is so having the luxury of you know having professional experience you know in the in the business project management world and working with a company that where you can be flexible so if for some reason something comes up like oh I got to do this audition now or uh, there's some recording that needs to get done I can flex my hours and I know I have a steady paycheck and people mm-hmm. that support me so support system like at work and family is also super <laughs> super important to have people that are honest with you but people that also kick your butt when you're like feeling like you're not motivated right now so what right what like motivates you like who or what is the thing that you know keeps you on track besides yourself because yourself's important Mm, so in a lot of ways I would probably say my mom she does support me a lot in uh, the things I want to do. She, you know, she wants me to be happy and she believes in me, which is something I really, I need someone to believe in me. If you don't have that, you know, it, it becomes much harder to find faith in yourself if no one else finds faith in you. But I, I also kind of struggle with that a little bit because, um, you know, I'm a different generation than her. She's, you know, straight from Albania. I was raised in America. Obviously, I'm Albanian. I still have, you know, that's my ethnicity. Like, that's my culture, obviously. I'm not trying to say uh, something derivative about my own community. That's not no, what I'm, I'm glad to... you are, because I always say that. I mean, my podcast yeah. is called German Chocolate. I'm clearly both German and American, and I love mm-hmm. it. Like, if you, that's a superpower to be more than one. So I'm, I think it's great that you're definitely embracing it and not trying to, you know. Yeah, but but uh, so, you know, culturally, though, it's very different from each other, and especially during the time that my parents were growing up, because they lived during a dictatorship you know, where a lot of things weren't allowed and you couldn't discuss certain topics and certain things. And um, there's, I'm very involved in civil rights in high school. I was much more involved. Now I've kind of taken a little bit of a back seat, but, uh, you know, I care a lot about uh, BLM and LGBTQ rights, you know, Native American rights, um, those things. And discussing topics about, you know, mental health and uh, on in society at the moment, it can be a bit difficult to discuss serious topics like that when you're, you know, trying to discuss it to someone who is from maybe a different generation or was taught to think about these things differently than how I was taught to think about these things and discuss these things. It becomes this uh, sort of uh, discussion where it's no longer a discussion really, it's just, one person has too much pride mm-hmm. uh, over their belief systems and their own biases. And so it becomes a bit hard to open up 
about what you want to discuss and the topics you're interested in. So uh, I'm on one hand, I do have my mom as a support system, but also I don't know. I don't know if I want to like have her read my scripts. You know what I mean? Oh, no, like, no, no. Ariana Grande once said something really funny when she wrote like her last album and it was like 34, 35. And so yeah. she's like, oh, no, like my mom, like don't listen to that. She like walked in there something like, same, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm glad with a lot, a lot of the voice acting, unless it's like dubbing for some foreign film where it comes up, you can definitely choose not to have that. What is it? N sfw not see suitable for work or something like where you can like where you because i oh my god i had to record like um for a, a stop motion video for youtube is like a character and she's like a little girl and she's like scared and mm -hmm. uh so she had to scream and so first of all screaming can always sound a little different sometimes especially for girls screams. and then like yeah. as the little girls so it's like more high-pitched so as i was recording i was like in multiple takes i was like i hope my neighbors are not thinking i'm doing something else over here because some of the screaming can definitely <laughs> also sound like something else and i'm like editing out oh no this one's inappropriate okay that sounds more like a scream <laughs> so, already that i'm like my neighbor like came over i think i even said it in the last episode too like over and i was like just let you know if you hear anything strange we're not like arguing nothing weird is going on in here it's just voice acting <laughs> so i definitely know what you mean I, I my mom's like really supportive on uh on uh, all my social media networks on my tiktoks and instagram and everywhere so i'm always really conscious of what i post <laughs> my mom sees everything so i'm right. like hey she's like supporting me but some of the things that i might like have to be like all right so i'm gonna post something and i'd appreciate it if you just don't like it <laughs> <laughs> even with because uh, with voice acting and dubbing uh because i love cartoons and anime like that is my bread and butter uh i mean right now i'm focusing more on live action stuff but i do i love animation i respect animators so much and voice actors like whew. but yeah so i was seeing like you see clips from when people are doing anime dubs Oh my God, I can't even imagine having to do that at home with, with neighbors around. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, you're really like, you're going up and you're like, ah, and then you're like slashing and, and doing all this stuff. And I'm already like, okay. And then you gotta, like, if you're out of breath, like warm up, like go run and stuff a little bit before you record. I'm like, I hope I'm not stomping for the neighbors downstairs, but I gotta be out of breath for this one. <laughs> you know, it was with voice acting, honestly, that. I know there's a very big distinction between voice acting and live action acting, but you they both require similar skills. You're, mm -hmm. you're still acting. You know, when you see voice actors in the studio, they're visibly acting. They're not just there sitting, doing nothing while making sounds. Like they're moving, their face, they have facial expressions. They're expressing themselves fully. It's not just them making noises. Like it's a very comprehensive breakdown of their own characters that they're doing in the studio. Well, thank like, you for the appreciation because it is quite a workout. So I'm like, whoo, I'm gonna have to go like catch a breath in a minute. Yeah, it's I wa I love watching those behind the scenes things too. I love watching that and like see how they really get get into it. It's 
I love it. Like, I love that there's YouTube and you can watch all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, for like behind the scenes animators, when you said it, I love the series on Disney Plus, uh, Inside Pixar, because they like okay. show you like all like the behind the scenes, anything like the pastry chef or the inter- director of international, how they like change it for all the languages. And it's so cool to like go behind the scenes and see what, what every, everyone does. <laughs> The only thing about uh, actually haven't watched um, the series talking about on Disney Plus. I might now though, because it sounds like it might be cool to watch. It's um, super cool. They're like short episodes, and they show you uh, like a lot of times with some of the movies, and some stuff is really like the background. I watched it over and over a few times. <laughs> okay, I might check that out. All right, thank you for the recommendation. But um, you know, the only thing for me though is sometimes when I look at behind the scenes footage of things. They don't ever describe what they do behind the scenes. Sometimes they just, they speak generally. They're like, oh, I wanted to create an ambiance in the room or something. It's like, okay, how did you do it though? I don't understand. Like uh, Euphoria, the last episode came out yesterday. And- Spoiler alert or no spoiler alert? <laughs> no spoilers. And you know, I, they have these like extra behind the scenes for the episodes. And, you know, it was the last episode I watched it and I was like, oh, I was really impressed with the uh, like cinematography and the editing and the lighting. The uh, creator of Euphoria, he is a visual storyteller. I mean, he is so skilled in visual storytelling. I'm Every episode, you know, uh, I do have some criticisms of Euphoria, but he is an amazing like visual storyteller and he has so many good points to make like uh his mind is just insane to me and so you know the extra came up and I was like okay I want to like see what he did behind the scenes like do all this because it's a lot to produce that to make what he made that was insane to look at so I wanted to know you know how I mean how did he make the lighting like that there was a scene where um they're showing two people hugging each other in the past and in the present where they're spinning around them hugging and mm-hmm. switching between them in the past and in the present. And I just thought the editing on that it was so impeccable and the lighting and the, you know, the, um, I forget what it's called, but actors, they have to make their mark. So the position that they're in, like the mm-hmm. choreography, I think. Yeah, choreography. And I just like, I just wanted to know what went into doing that because that had, so a lot had to be done. Oh my God, a lot had to be put into that. (laughs) Now you make me want to see that, but lighting really is everything. I've met someone Mm -hmm. before who did like lighting. Well, actually at the theater and I just couldn't believe they were like so nerdy with like all that stuff. And they're like, just a little tilt here. Like even like I have this like silly regular lamp, but if I like move it for anyone that's watching the regular, it's like horrible. I'm like the difference of <laughs> the different lights make. And then they're also, if you wear white or if there's a white like wall next to you or then all of this will change everything. Like how the light makes your face look different and mm-hmm. all the things. I mean, light is, a whole I mean it is a whole career on its own so I see how you're fascinated with that because that's incredible <laughs> so I uh, I want I went to watch it because I'm expecting him to talk about you know the planning for it and what went down they've said nothing like they literally they well that's probably not why most people watch it that's like the thing I mean a lot of times I watch something once you know the background of it my sister for example always said uh well 
she would never want to work at the Disney parks because it's so magical and you don't want to lose the magic if you know how the magic like happens. So a lot of times things can can uh, can ruin it for you or you're like, oh, I know like how, how that happened. But I think most people just love like the sneak peek, but people that like you and like I that get like really geeked up and want to know, it would have to be like a whole nother <laughs> series. Like for example, um, my uh, boyfriend's son and I, we watch survivor like we're still old episodes we're still somewhere back there and my boyfriend's always like um why do they not have a show where they show how they come up with these crazy challenges that would be a whole show on its own like how did you like not just like how did they build it but the process behind it and how did you figure out that goes with this and that's exactly what you're saying like you want to know so much more but that's a, a whole nother group of audience even uh, like Vogue, they also post uh, this, they have this video series, I forget what it's called, but they just have directors dissect scenes from their movies and they say nothing. They just say like, oh, I love this actress. She's so good. Oh yeah, we really wanted the scene to be scary and I think we did it. Okay, <laughs> well, like, because you know, for me too, because you know, I don't have, um, a huge acting background and I don't have enough experience with you know production and film and I, I want to learn and I want to understand it and you know I don't want to have to spend so much money and invest so much of myself into something without knowing a little bit beforehand if that makes any sense without having some pre-existing knowledge and I, I guess it just kind of sucks that you know there's like uh, such an unwillingness or at least not an understanding of how helpful it would be if in these videos they genuinely talk about what went down when they were shooting this scene you know there was one video though uh the director of knives out he did kind of go a little bit into how everything went down not too much but he did you know talk about things like eye lines i didn't know that was a thing until he talked about it how you have to line up the person's eyes with each shot you know once you hear like oh duh that makes sense because you know you don't want the uh actors to be you know they're supposed to look at each other but the shots make it look like they're looking all over the place you want to make sure everything's lined up that makes yeah. so much sense it should have been obvious but Even sometimes acting uh, like it was like when we were practicing for on stage there i was looking they're like no you got to look closer that way so that the audience can see i'm like well i'm not looking at him if i'm looking like they want me to look diagonally like right here but actually i'm act so they're like no so yes stay like this but you gotta look like this but still pretend like you're like exactly looking here so they were constantly <laughs> reminding me also but um actually i just looked if it's there and i do see it i don't know if you know this this website it's called udemy udemy.com mm -hmm. and uh they always have flash sales on courses and they that's exactly like stuff they do like they have like lighting for film and television cinematic lighting and like all kinds of things and it's a lot of times you can they like recorded things and you can watch it and learn from it and they're only like 10 15 bucks so mm -hmm. it's like super super cheap if you ever do want to know more about it and you get like a little flashy certificate so when we were talking about hey at least at the end something it's something mm -hmm. you can add to your linkedin profile and other places so for 10 15 bucks they have thousands of courses just like definitely check the reviews because some you know anyone could technically make 
uh, a course on there. So just to check that it's like professional and you can sometimes filter down specific things. Maybe they also have for a certain series they dissecting it. So Udemy is definitely uh, a really cool website if you want technical skills, but. Okay. Yeah, I might check it out. Thank you. Yeah, I love like my last guest also had uh, some ideas. He's like, check out this website if you want to do some, find some more places to cold call. <laughs> and that's like my worst thing. And I cold called this week again. And like when you sometimes don't get a response, but you see they read it. <laughs> Like, I, oh. I don't like them. Like, most of, most people do respond, but I, I'm sure they do get a lot of, like, uh, requests. So sometimes I wish I didn't <laughs> didn't see if someone read it or not. But it's, like, really one out of ten that maybe doesn't doesn't reply, which that's, that's a good ratio. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. You know, so at much. Least, Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, on one hand, I do understand that if you have a lot of people reaching out to you, it's hard to reach back to them and let them know whether or not they got accepted or you want them to come in. But at the same time, for me, when I'm auditioning for things, I'd like to know when you know I am or I'm not going to be in this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, like with the auditioning, that's why they always say have fun and then forget about it. Because I mean, even if like sometimes there's been a couple of times where a couple months went by and then I hear like, hey, so we liked it. I'm like, oh, all right. So I don't start marking them as maybe or definitely not until at least 30 to 45 uh, mm. days later, because it can, especially with the amount of uh, auditions. But I don't I don't like that feeling either. I'd rather also just have them like somehow like mark it as you were in it just so that I don't have to think about it anymore. Mm. It's the worst. It's like being like, like, like you're going on a date or something and you're like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And there's just nothing coming back. And then you, mm. you don't know. Yeah. I get what you're saying. You can't tell if they're interested in you or not. <laughs> want them. Well, a lot of times also happen is also that reaching out they're like, oh, we actually don't do the hiring or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, it was worth a shot. I'm always at least happy they respond. Mm. But, uh, so how many cold calls have you done like this past week? This week, mm, I think this week is like four or five because I had some projects and some auditioning and the classes. So definitely since I've been taking more classes, uh, something had to take the backseat <laughs> and it <laughs> definitely was some of the cold calling. But um, I do try to at least within the week do three to five just to stay in that ratio but sometimes it's hard to find the right stuff because i don't just wanna i i really look at the stuff too i'm like oh okay, yeah. this looks like something i want to do these people seem like something and it's not easy to find some of these indie projects that are not union <laughs> jobs or potentially union jobs uh, how right. about you do you cold call uh no i haven't done cold calls uh I actually haven't been submitting auditions for like a couple weeks now, mainly just because I've been uh, stressing about like my classes coming up, uh, as well as I've been practicing writing. Uh, it's kind of just been this cycle of where, you know, there are these different skills that go into this one big thing I'm trying to do. And yeah. so like this cycle of like, okay, I do this and then I do this and then I go back to this and then I come here and then I go back to this and da 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 so on and so forth. And so, you know, <laughs> it's, it's harder when you're in a pandemic. If we weren't in a pandemic, 
things could have been so much easier for me. I probably would have been able to have more real footage than I do yeah. at the moment. Cause that's one big thing. You need footage. You need like real footage. You need to have evidence of what you're doing. Yeah, but that's what it takes though. Cause even if you get in the time it's like filmed and released and stuff at some point, it will be more <clears throat> coming back. But at the beginning you're doing and working and you're not getting any of the output. So it does take forever to, to show it off. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Yeah. But you need the footage. I'm always like antsy to him. Like, oh, I submitted all this stuff and I can't show anything yet. Right. <laughs> Especially when uh, like they're trying to submit it to festivals or something like that. So you have to wait and see if they even got accepted to the festivals and then they don't even get accepted to the festival. <laughs> so, you know, it's just that daily struggle. It's interesting what you're saying, you know, you're trying to hone like all these different skills. And it's I feel it's almost like when you when you speak multiple languages, like um, I grew up with two languages and my son also. And like you hear and you take everything in, but your output is 50 percent for two things. And then the mm -hmm. more things you have, the output is less and less. So it's like it takes longer sometimes to get somewhere because you're collecting but I can see what the interests, how it is. I wrote an article in Medium, uh, the downsides of being multi-passionate. Cause you're mm -hmm. like, well, I can always be passionate about like all kinds of stuff. And I'm like gun hole about it. And I'm like, let's do it. But this time I really said, I was like, okay, I'm really gonna focus on this. And I, I'm also, some people might <laughs> disagree with this. I'm, I'm not spreading my voice acting across all kinds of like genres and like, and things like the e-learning and and commercial yeah. like all kinds of stuff i'm really honing my skills on um the character voice acting because i really i'm i'm putting my a lot of my eggs in one basket but okay. i really want to get good at this one thing and if i put it right. in too many baskets it's I mean, I think about actors, actually. So a lot of mm -hmm. actors, they don't get anything for years, but they really work. They go audition, they do the work, they do their coaching and acting. So yeah, as a voice actor, it can take longer too. So I think a lot of times it, it like for gratification to get some of these like um, smaller jobs or on your own, it can feel good that you're moving forward. But I don't mind that um, it's taking a little longer because I know what I want. So mm -hmm. I'm like pushing for that. So yeah, you do have to put your eggs in different baskets. Like what you're doing, you're going to school for the one thing and you're mm -hmm. doing that. But once you figure it out, like this is something you want to do. Like like how you said, even though people are like, they want you to play this one role instead of giving in and saying, all right, I'm just going to start that. You're like, no, I have time. I mm -hmm. want to do what I want to do. And there's so many actors, like the actress that was in, no, I have to think, what was it? Uh, is it Sucker Punch? Is that what it's called? Oh, so long ago. <laughs> she was so young back then. Uh, Zoe, what's her name? Oh, Deschanel? Uh, uh, oh, uh, is, it, is it Dutch? Zoe Dutch. Let me see. Yeah, she's like amazing. And she's like always wants something really challenging. She's like, <laughs> I don't want to play certain roles that they give me. I, I'll say no. I this is like the kind of uh, I want to be a serious serious actor, not in like a real actor, but like mm -hmm. roles that challenge her more versus like I'm cute or a romantic comedy or something. So once you know what you do, I mm -hmm. I'm on your side. If you know what feels right, do what feels right. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> pretty much. And especially, you know, because there's a lot of like general, like, oh my God. Generalization. <laughs> 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 people generalize you a lot. And this isn't just about like the industry or art and just, you know, even just a social settings, people look at you and they immediately generalize you, you know, mm -hmm. they, you interact with them that first time and that first impression they have of you, that is how you are generalized until, you know, more information is given. So, you know, we as people, human beings, it's just, just how our brains work. We have to generalize things. We have to grasp on to certain mm, traits or certain look, I guess is how I can put it, to be able to understand who a person is or how a person is, you know, yeah. that's why like, for like for writing, when you're talking about tropes in writing, you know, on one hand, tropes are really useful in getting across an idea to the audience of who this character is and what they're supposed to be in this story. But you know, in another hand, on the other hand, you also have, <laughs> you have this, uh, a lot can go wrong when you depend too heavily on a trope and people just look at this character as just what it is, which is a trope, mm -hmm. this plain idea. You know, the nuances go away. And uh, even, let's say, like, with, oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. No I'm listening. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, uh, even, you know, it can even lead to bad things like with representation you know when you're uh, portraying someone who is a person of color when you're portraying someone who is queer you if you depend on a trope too much you're going to end up doing something offensive mm -hmm. yeah i hear you you know it's uh it's kind of this push and pull between like playing a little bit into these generalizations but also being able to step back and say, okay, but there's more than just this, you know, there are layers to everything. It, maybe I could have played busty girl, but I know I also could have played a girl who has anxiety very well. I believe that in myself. I know that I could play yeah. someone who has very well. Uh, so, you know, people have different sides to them. People have different personalities. People have multiple interests you know one it's person very stereotypical i mean i tried to audition a couple of times for something that said african-american but i already like stopped because i just don't sound like it so i i am but i mean when they write it they want to portray something and there's a reason why especially in voice like if you don't sound like it but they want a certain audience then it just is what it is you gotta like <laughs> know like okay is that like just your type and you do it you want to book it is that something you can even do? Because there's really some things, like you said, you don't want to be fake. <laughs> and yeah. now they're, like with everything out there, they're really trying to be as authentic as possible. Mm -hmm. So to really cast people that are whatever they're looking for. So it broadens the like spectrum. So that actually is a good thing. So I, mm -hmm. I was really shocked to hear that you were still getting some of these weird requests because people were, were open. So that was... Um, really interesting fact for me today maybe someone else listening to to hear uh that's still so much of that look or something mm -hmm. that's interesting because yesterday during our class i don't know why but it's some that somehow came up uh oh yeah we were talking about like that especially in commercial more um 
real people you know they're looking for them well actually also we were talking about fbi shows how they're always like really gorgeous people like supermodels <laughs> but in real life mostly not <laughs> and they're just yeah. not really casting these like real people they're going for the look and they want that person to be really attractive but like uh -huh. in a lot of areas there are moving more to like natural <laughs> right yeah uh i don't know you know that's kind of why like i look at margot robbie for example you know the very when she first like broke out of the scene you know like uh with the wolf of wall street mm -hmm. Good movie. people sexualized her so much like to a very extreme extent she kind of became you know bomb shell i guess is how you could put it you know she was the sexy lady and that kind of diminished her acting ability because you know i she, in the wolf of wall street she was incredible in the wolf of wall street i mean she's such a good actress and as time has gone on she started like producing her own stuff mm -hmm. and the things that she's been producing and putting herself in reflects her skills way more than anything that everyone than anything that other people are trying to put her into you know sometimes you kind of have to just trust yourself have you seen that more and more? I just read a few articles about people that are like, I'm just going to produce my own stuff so I can play. But I mean, it goes both ways because a pretty boy a lot of times won't book anything like Leo DiCaprio. Like he had a lot of serious roles playing like a disabled person, all kinds of things when he was younger. Then he did Titanic and then nobody wanted him for anything serious because he was like the pretty boy and mm -hmm. uh, it, he had to really fight his way back it's crazy and uh, i mean even things like the at&t girl i at first mm -hmm. didn't even know like just because she has she's not showing off her boobs and what she's wearing in the commercials but just because she has a large chested like to be bombarded on social media and have to like talk about her. it <laughs> i feel so bad for her because she really uh i think she actually started directing the commercials herself now because mm. And like, she doesn't want to show, I remember she said something like she doesn't want to show full body shots of herself. Cause uh, if anyone doesn't know, essentially the at t girl, I, I don't know her, I don't remember her name, but oh, she God. is, she's a brunette. Uh, you see her in at t commercials a lot. She always always playing like a spokesperson. She's essentially like the uh, face of at t A lot of people, you know, followed her on Instagram and looked back on some standup she used to do. And then you could see her whole body and people started going crazy. Like, oh my God, she has mommy milkers. Like her boobs are so big. So they started, you know, spamming her social media with comments like mommy milkers, give me those mommy milkers. And at first so rude. It's, so, it's, it's kind of silly at first, but it became, it started escalating more and more as time went on. It kind of went from this like couple people trolling to this large, like, harass like it oh my god this large scale of harassment against her because there's no longer just like a couple people just saying oh give me those mommy yeah. milk or whatever the hell i just they, looked her up to a milana i'm hopefully i'm saying it right milana vine trub that's like her name yeah hmm. yeah um no copy <laughs> but yeah so you know starting to like try to make deep fakes of her and that kind of stuff. It's, it got really bad and really intense. She had to stop shooting the commercials for a bit, mm -hmm. I think. And then uh, when she came back, she directed her own like scenes because she didn't want to show her full body in any of the commercials. Like she was very strategic 
about only showing her face now because she just couldn't stand people like doing that to her anymore. Yeah, I'm so glad I it, like turned out one because you do see her uh, now in there, and I mean, she's just a pretty girl. And I mean, I, mm -hmm. I would like to now that I looked it up, look and see what else she did. A lot of mm -hmm. times, if you're like like these iconic characters, like Jake from State Farm or something, <laughs> people just know you, and they'll always find something. We were just talking the other day. We were like, we wonder if Jake from State Farm is actually like a nice guy because he's so nice in the commercials. Like, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be funny if he was just a total sorry douchebag? in real life and he's just playing like this nice boy next door i'm like really curious like what he's like he's probably really down to earth and cool but still like he's like portrayed as this you know jake from state farm this like nice guy that'll help you get the best drink <laughs> like you were just saying because like it's funny to think about like because especially uh the people he plays with because it's him being nice to other people who use state farm i like to think when the camera stopped rolling the people who are playing customers actually hate him and he's just hella rude to them. <laughs> yeah, I, that's something I would like to see behind the scenes. Maybe I gotta like look them <laughs> up and see if they're something or like, hey, do you have an NDA or can you like, what's it really like? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Not, not related at all, but um, I re have been binging Catfish recently because it's just, like mindless entertainment for me. I don't know. <laughs> And I found out that, you know how in the beginning, have you watched uh, Catfish before? No, I mean, I, I oh. know what it is, but I haven't actually watched it. So the formula of an episode is essentially, you know, uh, the two hosts, they talk with each other for like a second, and then they sit down, go to the computer and look at emails from people who are being catfished, right? That's the general formula and then from there they contact the person and then they research and figure out who the catfish is wow well the formula of every single episode mostly depends on the person who is being catfished being the one to reach out to them huh but it turns out that majority of the people who were on catfish they did not reach out to uh the show the catfisher was reaching out to the show. The person who was catfishing reached out to them. Uh, is it like one of those <laughs> things you just want your like 15 minutes of fame or what is that about? Something like that. You know what the main host, Neve, he was trying to like make it sound better than how it actually is saying, you know, oh, the, the catfish, they want a chance to explain themselves mm. while having us to mediate between them. But like, you can have a mediator without a TV show, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, it would be less juicy, you wouldn't be watching it. But yeah. it, like on the radio, a lot of times they have this, like when people don't call you back, they ghost you and then you can like call in. And I mean, it's really rare that there was a misunderstanding, but every time the person that calls, I'm pretty sure it's all scripted. Anyway, the person <laughs> that calls, uh, always like, I don't know why he or she or, you know, they won't call me back. And um, oh, I know what radio show you're talking about. <laughs> I think I'm they play about... it everywhere, though. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. It's the one with the guy and the girl. They call in saying, yeah, we had such a good day, but he's not talking to me anymore. Yeah. And they talked to the person they went on a date with, and it turns out they did something horrible yep. every single time. It's like that every, every time. time. And yeah. it's so obnoxious every time that there's no way that you didn't at least think, well, you know what? I was 
whatever, wearing something weird, saying something, singing, drinking too much. So that's why I'm always like, there's no way anybody is that like low on self awareness. So that's where I'm always like, it's just scripted for entertainment, which is you cool. do surprise them. <laughs> I'm you sure just... there are some out there. I mean, <laughs> had some weird dates before too, and <laughs> in my history of dating, but um, <laughs> but you definitely get pickier, especially when you online date. That you like make a, a checklist of things. All right, watch out for this on the picture. Watch out for that on the profile. Mm. You have like a list of first writing then on the mm. phone talking then like maybe meeting mm. <laughs> it's like, like a list of things because you're like mm -mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. right. your pictures you are too good no <laughs> <laughs> you can't facetime oh out of the way out of question but i mean with online dating eh, i like i tried it for a moment to do online dating and I just got sick of it. I can't, I can't like deal with it anymore. I I'm think so nobody really truly can. So that's why most people are like, I don't even want to be single anymore. This is like, yeah. <laughs> oh this, my God. You know, I think the, the worst part about online dating is the beginning of it. When you're first like trying to meet the person. Cause what do you have? What can you even say? I mean, you're just like, okay, I'm here to meet people. But there's no information I can get about you just from like texting you on this random site. You know what I mean? Like it's different when you go out with the person, you meet them for the first time. Yeah. Like when you see them or even like when you're in a place, you know, you're, I don't know, you're in class together or something there. You have like a commonality. You can discuss that or uh, you're at work together. Oh, see, you work together. So there's something so that. You have you a vibe too, because it's really only a picture. Like you're attracted to the picture, and then like what's the style that the person is writing, and then how they're talking, and then you hope they're like the same in like <laughs> in real life. Yeah, it's <laughs> it definitely. I mean, I don't know the last time I met someone like in real life before <laughs> I. I guess my ex-husband. <laughs> we but we that was like one of the things he said. Like we were in the military and we were in the same unit, and <laughs> um so that that was easy but anything after that was <laughs> online dating and then uh even my, my boyfriend now it was a good catch <laughs> but um <laughs> you gotta go through some you know oh my but um yes this was amazing i think we had a lot of girl talk uh <laughs> in here as well um and yes Thank you for hopping on. Maybe we'll have a checkup and get back together and then see where you're at sometime from now. This is an ongoing podcast. It might not be very regular when uh, episodes post, but um, uh, this, since this is a life of a mixed girl and the people that are in my life and the things that we do, uh, I definitely want to check back in. So I hope, I mean, we are connected on Instagram. Oh, where would somebody maybe find you if they wanted to, if you wanted to? <laughs> Uh, I guess I, I'm primarily just use Instagram, so uh, you could just find me Maggie Arda, M-A-G-G-Y-A-R-D-A. -A -A. Uh, I'm also on backstage if any casting people are out there, though I doubt it, but you know, putting that <laughs> there. 